Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to Opening Up the Tent podcast. I'm your host, Father Craig Hallway, pastor at Mary Queen of Peace Parish in Webster Groves, Missouri. With me always, my favorite Catholic meathead, Jimmy Vreeland. Jimmy, say hi. That is so sweet of you to say, <laughs> Father Craig. Thank you. Hey, uh, happy Easter. Oh, thank you. Same to you. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Now here, uh, gosh, already uh, two weeks after Easter. Uh, and uh, if you're, uh, uh, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, it's, uh, it's, um, it's, it's Friday afternoon here in Webster Groves at Mary Queen. And we're getting ready, Jimmy, for our annual spring festival. Yes, my children are already complaining about having to play baseball and having to play sports tomorrow. <laughs> right, because they on. might miss out on thirty minutes of ro- what time does Spring Fest actually start? Uh, it's start. Well, we're starting with mass at ten a.m. and then I think the and then the carnival starts, the rides and all that start at eleven, and it goes okay. until ten p.m. So yeah, they should be able to squeeze in a little bit of baseball. Uh, between all all the, all the time of the uh, of the spring fest, yeah, I'm like, there's no way you can go from 11 to 10 strong. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I mean, that's endurance right there. That's endurance. Although, I mean, I would imagine there are some kids who could probably do it. I'm I'm thinking of maybe your um, your two youngest boys could probably take that for a uh, take that for a challenge. They'd give it a shot. Um, do you know if the uh, ball thingy you throw into the goldfish thing is is happening? Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, dude, they've been doing that at parish festivals since you and I were kids. Do you want to you want to hear a funny story about that? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So Wait, is, is this gonna is this gonna end with one of your kids swallowing a goldfish? No, it's gonna okay. end with me trying. <laughs> I was trying to be a good dad. Like they won like eight fish, right? <laughs> okay. This is like when Maria is probably like in kindergarten and first grade. So I was yeah. an un, unexperienced parent, but she probably won. Her and Bubba probably won like eight fish. Okay. And so I go to the pet store, spend like 300 bucks on <laughs> fish equipment, right? right. Like, they were all deceased in 72 hours. <laughs> Money well spent. So I, yeah. I think this drop will will drop on Monday. And if you're a young MQP parent and you now are in receipt of several goldfish, <laughs> like I would not keep your the the viability of those fish, I would not keep your hopes that high. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know what to say about that. You know, um, maybe instead of you know, maybe next year instead of uh goldfish, we'll do like puppies. Oh my God, that would be that be a few more complaints. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, it's going to be a great time. It's going to be a great time. Yeah, this podcast though is is likely to drop on uh, drop on Monday, but we're planning on great weather and a great celebration, so it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Well, listen, folks, uh, welcome back after uh, an Easter break. Um, you know, we we dropped a podcast on uh, Monday of Holy Week, and then. Uh, uh, took a little hiatus here for the last two weeks, and now we're back. So, uh, Jimmy, what do you want to talk about today? I want to talk about, so now it's the Easter season, and, and um, I kind of like these how these how-to podcasts we've been doing. Like, yeah, hey, Father Craig, how do you do this, right? Right. 
So, yeah, this has been going through my head uh, last two weeks. I, I imagine it's been going through a lot of people's head. Like the favorite podcast that we've done was when you kind of showed everybody Lent through self-imposed limitation. Lent was actually a freeing exercise. Right. So um, the self-imposed limits are off. Uh, and is it, is it party right. time? Like, what do we... <laughs> Right. We, like, here's right. how I've compared how I've kind of been thinking about it. Like, I, okay. I used to run marathons, right? Okay. And marathons are a 13 week training program. Right. And like pretty intense. And then, of course, the marathon's intense. But like, I would be like depressed for a week after the marathon. After the marathon. Yeah. Because you no longer had a goal. You no longer oh, had a target. Oh, yeah. You, okay. You, you no longer had that disciplining action of yeah, uh, yeah, getting you know, making yourself run every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. You know, we we are often, I mean, we're 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 often incentivized, right? I mean, there's all sorts of there's all sorts of ways in which incentives are used to motivate us and inspire us. You know, your at work, you're incentivized to make goals, uh, to get uh, bonuses and 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 whatnot, and even to get paid, right? I mean, you, you gotta even show, you know, you're incentivized to show up, you know, um, and um, so there, there there's this this I think innate um, this innate desire that we have to constantly, and we've talked about this before, constantly be reaching for some kind of goal. And the question around Lent, those self-imposed disciplines, and even the disciplines imposed by the church, fasting uh, and abstinence and and uh, almsgiving, those disciplines imposed by the church, and then the ones we took on ourselves, the, the the immediate goal, of course, was Easter. Uh, and so if you gave up, you know, alcohol, or if you gave up social media, or if you gave up coffee, or if your kids gave up video games or chocolate, Easter morning rolls around, Easter uh, Monday rolls around. And, and because we've denied ourselves, uh, now we get the incentive, which is to return back to enjoying those things. And yet the reason we gave those things up and for some could have been that those things weren't exactly healthy habits for us. So if you gave up say alcohol, or if you gave up um, tobacco or uh, shopping or social media, but the, remember what we said is that the whole point of Lent and the whole point of self-imposed discipline was to grow in virtue, especially the virtue of self-mastery, but then also to create new habits. And I think that's where we arrive now when we talk about, okay, so what now? You know, how do we, now that we've endured this, this, uh, this season of Easter or the season of Lent, how do we how do we celebrate, you know, how do we celebrate these next, you know, 50 days that lead us up to Pentecost? So how do you party like a Catholic, you know, uh, you know, it's kind of the, kind of the, uh, a way to look at it. 
And so maybe a, a place to start is to ask yourself, why did you give up those things during Lent to begin with? You know, did you give them up simply because they were unhealthy? Did you give them up because they, um, uh, be, because they were sort of out of control? Did you give them up so that you could grow in virtue? Or did you give them up so that you could try to change the habit? So th those things are very different, right? So, it, it, so let's take alcohol for an example. Okay, so you gave up alcohol for what Lent. We, can we do a not as, I don't know what the right word is, spicy topic. Alcohol comes with all kinds of, all kinds of connotations, right? Okay, okay. What about... Uh, let's do something neutral. Like I gave up TV. Okay. All right. That's great. Okay. Great. Great. Okay. So you gave up TV. All right. Great. So I think they say that the average American watches something like three hours of TV a day. And um, I, I mean, when I first gave it up, it was awesome. I was getting more yeah. sleep. I, I was getting to bed an hour earlier. Like I was waking yeah. up. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's but yeah. Keep going. Now that there's not that like Latin constraint on it, like um i've been watching a bunch of tv and yeah i'm probably right. getting less of an hour but if i don't have the you know the, the exodus thing we did as a team if i didn't yeah. have like the the guys i was do playing the game with yeah. i was like ah, whatever i'll watch two more innings of the cardinals game whatever exactly right yeah good point so the you know the so the the, the reality here the invitation is that hopefully over that course of Lent, what you've discovered is that the habit of not watching TV and then sort of the ancillary side effects of that discipline are better for you and you're happier because you did it. And so sleeping better, being more attentive to the domestic situation, being kind of bored, which was be, somewhat awesome. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's, let's hang on because I do want to circle back to that um, about, about being bored. Um, so those, those, those things are, are better for us than just sort of the escapism that comes with, you know, watching too much TV. And so now that you've, now that you've come to the end of this discipline of, of not watching that much television is how have you cultivated the alternatives that are healthier for you anyways? And then that becomes your new habit. So th this just gets very basic, my friends. So, yeah. okay. You used to spend three hours after supper watching television. Now you spend three hours after supper hanging out with the kids, hanging out with your spouse, taking a walk, reading a book, praying, sitting on the back porch, being bored, enjoying a cold beer on a beautiful spring or summer afternoon. This is what you do now. This is the new habit. This is the new habit. This is what we do now. As opposed to checking out and escaping through television, especially bad television, you know, reality television. I'm using air quotes right now. Reality television. 
So there are healthier things for us. And really that's what Lent is, is all about. And then, so as we, the, these finding those, those healthier habits. And so now that we've entered into the Easter season, it's really cultivating those healthier habits into the new behavior. And that's really what these 50 days between Easter and Pentecost is all about. It's really about solidifying those new habits instead of returning back to them after a period of abstinence. So let me let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh like genuinely I like TV. Yeah. And so maybe I liked it too much before I played the, you know, played the game at Lent of no TV, right? Yeah. I'm definitely able to moderate enjoy it more in moderation. There you go. Yeah. And it and then is that is that good enough? Yeah, that that's certainly virtuous, right? That's certainly virtuous because um, of of the cardinal virtues, moderation is one of them, you know. And 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 we kind of steered away from 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 starting off with alcohol, but there's nothing wrong with alcohol, food, spending money, TV. There's nothing wrong with any of that. Those are all things that the human enterprise has has created and cultivated over you know over the centuries. Um, so those yeah, things, because at Exodus you couldn't drink, but I don't, I don't see the need to be a teetotaler. Nor do I feel Exc- any spiritually calling to be a teetotaler the rest every day the rest of my life. That's right, and so that's exactly right. And so the governing virtue there is moderation, to moderate. And what Lent has equipped us to do is be the agent of that moderation. In other words. Who is responsible for moderating the intake? I am. I am. I'm responsible for, because of Lent, because I was able to deny myself for 47 days and go without food, uh, excess food, excess alcohol, excess social media, because I was able to do that for 47 days consecutively, I now know that I can do that any day of the week. And that yeah, like I, I, and I am the agent of that. I am the agent of my own virtuous usage and control of my appetites, whether it be for food or sex or shopping or whatever it might be. That's what Lent has told us. It's it, controlling. It, it, you go are ahead. now the driver of the appetite. Exactly. The appetite is no longer in charge of you. You are in charge of it. And you, you know, you know, we know that we can drive it. What was it that we, um, what was it that, uh, the, the elephant, what was that from? The uh, ant and the elephant? No, no, it, no. It was something about, we talked about it during Axe formation, I thought, about driving the elephant. Either the elephant drives you or you drive the elephant. I thought that was us. Yeah. No, that's the ant and the elephant. It's uh I think it's Dude. an old African like story. Yeah. Is that um your intellect is like the ant, but it okay. has to motivate is driving the elephant. It has to motivate there's a book called uh, okay. the ant and the elephant. But okay. it's you have this little non-powerful thing that has to 
uh, you know, the ant is technically the will and the elephant is like okay. your body yeah. and your life. And that yeah. emotionally and then I, spiritually, it has to find a way to motivate the elephant because the elephant's just going to lumber along and do, yeah. do what yeah. it's going to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know that, uh, uh, you know, Jesus says to the apostles in the last, uh, well, they're in the garden. I think, I think they're in the garden of Gethsemane and, um, you know, they've gone with Jesus to, to pray before the passion begins and, uh, they, they fall asleep and they're sitting there sleeping. And, and Jesus says to the apostles, uh, they're sleeping, you know, um, the spirit is willing. They want to be there. They want to be there with Jesus. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so another way to use that metaphor of Jesus is that uncontrolled, the elephant will run wild. The elephant will one will, will run wild and will trample everything in its path. But it has to be governed for us Christians, for us Catholic Christians, the will of our, I'm sorry, the elephant of our appetites has to be controlled by the grace of the spirit that's given to us in our will, our, our conscience. And that's really what we've tried to cultivate during this period of Lent is to recognize, friends, that we have the capacity to moderate and to and to have self-mastery that's what saint benedict i think would call it self-mastery so now that we're so now that hey we went through that exercise at 47 days we're yep. going to loosen the screws a, a bit yep. we're supposed to be between now and pentecost we're supposed to be rejoicing right and then you know bishop Barron says hey the best way I don't remember. I think it's Bishop Barron. He's like the best way to get people uh, back to the church is to be the example of a joyful Catholic. That's We're right. not supposed to be yeah. these dour, fasting dour, yeah. Yeah. Uh, people. So yeah, how do you, how do you do that? Right. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Right. Yeah. I think I think moderation is the moderation is the governing virtue. Temperance. If you're looking for another. A word to pray with there that would be Aquinas's uh, word, right? Temperance. It's one of the cardinal virtues. Um, so, I, I think a way to cultivate uh, joy is to find the proverbial sweet spot in our life, writ large. So, right. So, it's, sort of call it the call it the existential Goldilocks zone, right? So not too whole, not too hot, not too cold, just right. One of the ways that we cultivate joy and hope is to create balance in our life. And when, and when something is out of balance, we, and we talk like this sometimes, we say things like, well, I'm out of sorts, or I'm not feeling like myself, or um, I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off, right? So all of these images that we have sort of um, sort of uh, uh, imply that we're not balanced. And so 
the invitation to balance invites us to look at our life and make judgment calls about what is in balance and what is not. And I think I've mentioned on this podcast before that one of my heroes is uh, Theodore Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt. He had this, um, he had this, even as a young child, he cultivated what he called the strenuous life. And he literally wrote out in his journal what he was going to do every day. You know, wake up at 5.30, calisthenics, breakfast, study, right? I mean, he wrote this out day by day. So maybe an exercise, a spiritual exercise is really to look at your day and to measure your day and to find out what exactly are you doing with your day. And if you can write that down and look at it and it's all holy or at least close to holy, and it's and none of it is sinful, then you're you're in a good spot. You're in a good spot. I once had a spiritual director tell me, he said, Craig, if you can look at yourself in the mirror and 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 know what you are doing, then you're probably doing something that God would be proud of. If you can't admit it to yourself, then you're probably doing something you shouldn't be doing. I found that very profound. And so what what that allows us to do, friends, is that it it allows us to really measure our day. We used to do this when I was working. You know, some of the group may know that I had a brief corporate career before uh, entering the seminary. And one of the things they had us do in the office was they had us do a time study. They they wanted us to keep track. Maybe you've done this. Yeah. Why, anytime... Anytime somebody on our team is like, I'm feeling really overwhelmed and I can't get enough done. I was like, oh, really? Right. Well, let me help you. Here's a time study. Exactly. I, okay. Yeah. Keep I've going. never seen that time study and done and not found 90 minutes for someone. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, so now imagine sort of doing this literally and 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 practically with your day. But again, it is ordered to match. It sounds like you're talking about the examining. Yeah. Well, uh, all right. See, why can't you just let me, whose podcast is this? <laughs> I, like, you know, I have ADD. <laughs> you know, I get to the point, dude. Develop. Yeah. <laughs> get to the point. Right. Okay. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Right. So uh, thank you, Jimmy, for spoiling it for everyone. Yeah. I'm talking wait, wait, about, was that where you were going to go? You were going to go to the end of it with the examining? Yeah. To the, yeah, to the examine. Yeah. So, yeah. So what Jimmy's talking about friends is, 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 so this time study, right. This spiritual time study that Ignatius of Loyola would call the examine, right. Or the examine, right. And, and really looking at your day, looking at your priorities, looking at what you're doing, look at, at how you're doing it. And are you maximizing that which would bring you closer to God and closer to the people that you love. It's really that simple. And so if you then, so, but you have to be honest, right? The key to the, the, the key to the examine is that we have to be brutally honest, right? And we have to acknowledge not only the, um, you know, the, the, the 15 or 20 minutes that we spend in prayer and meditation, but we also have to acknowledge the 45 minutes that we spend doom scrolling on social media, not only do we have to be honest with the 15 minutes that we spend 
speaking to our wife um, at the end of the day or the 15 minutes that we spend catching up with the kids, um, you know, after basketball practice or whatever, we also have to be honest about the two hours that we spend checking emails and watching television at the same time. Um, we, we, so we have to be honest about all of those things. And, and, and if we do that, what comes to the, what, what's brought front and center to us, um, are those things that, um, that we habitually do that are not good for us. And when that is brought to us, if we can look at that, well, then that's where we need to put the work into, into changing those patterns of behavior. And hopefully we've started that this Lent. If we haven't, well, then now you have an extra 50 days between Easter and Pentecost to do it again. We just get to spend the next 50 days rejoicing and being nourished by word and Eucharist. And so that's really where you can sort of begin again. If, if, if for some reason Lent got away from you, um, you, you now have the Easter season to get back on track. So what about for, uh, you know, the audience members who just blew it out this Lent? Yeah. Yeah. And they, you know, now they're like, okay, that was awesome. How do right. I double down on this? Okay. Okay. Like, a bit of my anxiety was like, all right, that was awesome. See you at Christmas, Father Craig. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Right. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. That's a good, uh, that's a good point and, uh, and very real. Yeah. And so, um, so there's, there's two, two ways I think to continue to cultivate Lenten practice. Um, the first one is to, hey, can I, sorry, my brain go. keeps, That's all right. can I, and it is, it's a different flavor, right? Like it's yeah. not, I just, when I think of Lent, I think of like the color gray. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's not supposed to be party time. And then yeah. I keep, you know, you know, I don't remember what gospel it is, but they were, they were bagging on Jesus and his followers because he, he didn't fast. Yeah. And then Jesus says, you don't fast while the you, bridegroom's at the wedding. That's right. That's right. Yeah. The bridegroom will be taken from you and then you will fast. Yeah, you're right. That, yeah, that's the, uh, um, uh, uh, you, you, you got that right. Yeah. The, the, um, uh, the, the, they're, they're picking, they're picking, um, they're picking, uh, um, uh, they're picking grain. Yeah. They're right. picking the grain. Yeah. And then, and then Jesus has that. Yeah. Okay. So. So it's so, the flavor now that, Hey, the, the bridegroom's at the, like we're at a wedding for the next 50 days. Like that's right. We can have some fun. Yep. And you want to try to get close to the bridegroom. You want to try to get close to the bridegroom, but you can't get close to the bridegroom. If you're, if, if you smell, if you smell, if you stink, if your clothes are dirty, you can't get close to the bridegroom, right? And so Lent, the whole point of Lent was to purify your life, right? And so now the invitation, the challenge really is to keep ourselves unsullied. And the way to keep ourselves unsullied is to, again, find balance in life and remember those key components of a good spiritual life. Friends, don't overthink it. The key components of a good spiritual life, daily prayer, 
weekly Eucharist, opportunities to take care of someone in need, and living out your vocation every day to the best of your ability. Don't overthink holiness. Pray every day. Receive the Eucharist on Sundays. Never miss an opportunity to take care of someone in need and constantly thrive in your vocation as a husband, as a, as a, a wife, a father, a mother. You do those things well, and you'll be living a holy life. And the whole point that we're trying to get here is to create a rhythm of life where you're constantly doing those things. And if you're constantly doing those things and being interjected with Eucharist and word, you'll continue to cultivate good virtue in your life, and you won't have time. You won't need time. You won't want time to doom scroll. Or to, what does doom scroll? What does doom scroll mean? Uh, doom scroll. Uh, I, I some of the millennials might get me here. So uh, you and I are not millennials, right? We're uh, no. I'm uh, like I understand scroll. But what is all right? Scroll? So all right. So doom doom scrolling is uh, I get ga- I gather that doom scrolling means um, mindlessly scrolling through news sites, okay, uh, social media, looking either for something tintillating. Or looking for something that would make you feel better about yourself. So in other words, looking for like bad news about someone else. Or Uh or, keeping up with the Joneses on social media. Exactly. Or looking for something, you know, titillating, you know, um, basically wasting time wasting time on social media. Um, So really we're kind of doing the same thing as in Lent, but just with a different attitude. Yeah. A different attitude. This is good for me. More of a, instead of focus on um, uh, maybe self-imposed limitations. Now we're focused on gratitude and, and celebration. And celebration and, and cultivating cultivating good spiritual and personal emotional psychosexual health you know because those 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 virtues are good for us and then that would produce i would i would imagine that would produce a joyful for person who shows how to absolutely show the catholic joy Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm imagining it's not like the loudest person at the party. I'm a, correct. You ever seen correct. Super Troopers? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So Catholic joy is not Farva at an open bar being like, <laughs> I'll have six schlitzes. That's right. That's right. That's right. Catholic joy is authentic, kind, gentle, real relationship with another person right and 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 channeling christ in everything that we do in every word that we say and in every action channeling channeling jesus um i want to i wanted to say you know so i i said a minute ago about there being sort of two ways to to go about this 
this cultivating this joy. And, and the, the first one I kind of mentioned here about, you know, pursuing holiness through, you know, daily prayer and weekly Eucharist and living out our vocation and taking care of the poor. There's sort of another, another way to go about this. And, and this is more, I think what, what we might want to call um, tending our relationship with the Lord. So kind of a spiritual self-care um, to keep ourselves centered. Um, and, and, and there are three disciplines that are ancient in the church. Um, and we talked a little bit about this in regards to Exodus 90. Um, there, there are three of them, silence, solitude, and then periodic abstinence of any kind. So let me start with the last one first and I'll walk, I'll, I'll walk backwards. Okay. Periodic abstinence. What that means is this. We are just as free to say no to something as we are to say yes. So all that simply means is when given an opportunity to say yes to dessert or um, um, an, an extra um, an extra serving at the dinner table, or um, uh, uh, wanting to buy something, simply saying, no, thank you. You can say yes, but you willingly choose to deny yourself. And you are free enough to do that. Okay, that's really, really good for us. That's really, really good for us. Periodic abstinence from anything. Okay, solitude. Number two, solitude. Taking regular time to be alone based on your station in life. Jimmy, you have a house, you have a job, you have a wife, you have four children. It is not possible or reasonable for you to enjoy two hours of complete solitude. It ain't going to happen. It can't happen. If you disappeared for two hours. <laughs> now I have a station in life when that's, that's, I, I can probably squeeze that out. I could probably find 120 minutes to be alone every, I don't have a wife. I don't have children. I don't have all the obligations that that's somewhat so that solitude you have to and you have to sort of find that out you have to figure that out how much time all i'm simply encouraging us to pray with is can i find at least a little bit of time to be alone with god to be what alone would you say what would you say is the minimum effective dose well uh i would say 15 to 20 minutes Okay. I would I would say 15 to 20 minutes. And here's why I say that. And this kind of leads into the third one, which is silence. I recently read an article in uh, on the internet. It came up on my news feed. It was from, I don't know, maybe the Journal of American Medicine or something like that, or Nature Magazine or something like that. But the basic thesis was this, 15 minutes a day of silence and solitude has uh, it, it it can lower your blood pressure 
it can lower the um, uh, the sugar in your blood. Uh, it can help with digestion. It can improve your sleep. It can improve your focus and attention and concentration. There's all of these, all of these side effects, all of these benefits of silence and solitude, 15 to 20 minutes every day. And if you give that silence and solitude, so now let's bring, well, let me finish solitude real quick. Being alone, but being alone with God. In other words, prayer, prayer, just being alone with God and and using Thomas Green, Father Thomas Green's definition of prayer. Thomas Green is a priest, uh, might be a Marianist, might be a, a Jesuit. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't remember. Uh, he says, prayer is opening up your mind and heart to God. Opening up your mind and heart to God. And so taking 15 to 20 minutes a day to open your mind and heart to God. Uh, and then finally, the third one is cultivating silence. Cultivating silence. This could be something as simple as leaving the radio off uh, on your way to and from work. Um, muting the television. Uh, during uh, meal times, um, uh, 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 at the end of the day, seven, seven thirty, eight o'clock at night rolls around, putting the phone on silent or vibrate, just cutting down on the external sim- stimulus out there that just sort of always keeps us riled up. So, periodic abstinence, solitude, and silence. These can be deep ways. And, and again, based on your station in life, if you're married, if you're single, you have children, if you're older, you're younger, you're a priest, you're not a priest, you have to find what is appropriate for your station in life. And But, but I'm, I'm simply inviting us to, to try to do that, to try to do that this Easter season. And so that's... I'm still just trying to get my brain out of the Lent mode. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like yeah. this is silent solitude and then periodic abstinence. That's how you show the gratitude. Exactly. Right. Because you're, you're, you're willingly choosing to do those things because they're good for you. Because they're good for us. Not to deny ourselves, but to help ourselves thrive. Um, I think I read somewhere that um, Americans spend $13 billion a year on vitamins. 13 I can't billion believe that. On, on vitamins. My, my doctor, my doctor said, I asked my doctor once about taking vitamins. You wouldn't know it to look at me, Jimmy, but I don't take a lot of vitamins. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> my, my, I once asked my doctor if I should, if I should take a daily vitamin, you know, we, you know, men of a certain age, you know, we got to start you know, taking vitamins, you know, and my doctor goes, um, don't waste your money. Um, you know, our, our food is so, our food is so fortified now, especially processed food, you know, it's so fortified with, you know, other vitamins and preservatives and stuff, you know, you really don't need, um, sort of a, a daily vitamin. And I don't know if he's right or not. That's simply one, that's simply one, one, one doctor's opinion. Uh, but my point is this, um, if if a doctor told you to do something every day, if it would mean that you would thrive, you would probably do it. 
so here the Lord is stepping into our life during the, the bridegroom is stepping into our life during the Easter season and is saying, you know, I want you to stay close to me, stay close to the bridegroom, stay close to the church. And here are some ways to do that. Well, the divine physician, I mean, if he's telling us to do that, then we should probably respond. Yeah. And I mean, I always react better if I'm just told to do it instead of, Hey, yeah. Jimmy, this would be the best thing for you. Don't you think? It's right. so much easier when you're just like, hey, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jesus recommends you do this. The church recommends you do this. Oh, okay. That's much easier for me to just do that. Right. Amen. Yeah. And we have, you know, we have centuries. We have centuries of of praxis that has shown us that these things are good for us. And like we've talked about before on this podcast, something like silence and solitude and periodic abstinence are so countercultural now in the 21st century that it's no wonder that we can't quite get our head around it and we can't quite get our heart around it because the 21st century is so saturated in immediate gratification and abundance, which is a blessing. I'm simply inviting all of us and the Lord is inviting all of us to say, Okay, it's there, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to have it. And so, yeah, that was that was like the best thing about giving up TV is being like, oh, this is silent. And then, right, we, you know, also uh, putting my phone down at eight o'clock, I feel like the itch, like, oh, I gotta see what my phone says, and it's like, no, I don't. Exactly, exactly. No, you don't. I was just having this conversation today. I had lunch with, uh, I had lunch with two people we know, uh, Justin and Ryan. And uh, shout out to those guys. Um, uh, I was having lunch with them, and we were talking about that. We were talking about our phones, and we were talking about, you know, look, we don't need all of these apps and stuff. They are convenient, but we don't need them like we need water. You know, we don't right. need them like we need sleep. They're convenient. They're nice to have, but we don't need them. And of course, you know, so being able to not need them, again, that makes me the agent. That makes me the one responsible. That makes me the agent of my own discipline. And that's true freedom. When I'm the agent of my own discipline, that's true freedom. So you got like these hard-won freedoms from Lent. Yeah. And now I guess between now and Pentecost is 50 days of testing those freedoms, figuring right. that you got this new capacity. And yeah. I guess this is these will be the 50 days that cement the capacity that you yeah. carry through ordinary time. That's right. That's and right. And then we'll, sh- we'll show up again next February, all messed up and going for the next layer, I guess. That's the game. That's the game. And then, but hopefully, hopefully we start to close the gap, right? Hopefully we get a little better at it. We get a little better at it. We get a little better at it every Lent. And it becomes less and less dramatic. And it becomes more and more doable, right? You know, we, 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 we we hired a new cleaning company. We hired a new cleaning company here at church, you know, and the guy is over there every day sweeping church. 
you know, and, and as you know, you know, most days we have mass at, at 6.30, I'm sorry, 6.45 and 8 o'clock every morning. And between those two masses, there's probably 100 people. And I see him over there sweeping. And I'm thinking to myself, why does he sweep every day? There's been less than 100 people in church today. He, it's, I mean, how dirty can how dirty can, can 100 people get church in, in, you know, the course of, you know, two hours? And then it occurred to me, well, if he does that every day, then it won't build up over seven days or it won't build up over two weeks. Same deal with the spiritual life. If we tend to these things every day, if we take time every day to pray, to find time for silence and solitude, and if we, if every day we deny ourselves something, and if we go to church every week to receive the Eucharist, if every day we take time to connect with our spouse and our kids, people that we love, if we do those things every day, then we won't have to worry about seven days passing and going, oh, crap. <laughs> and then that's why you're also saying do the, di the daily examining. That's right. Right. Like if you have to clean yeah. up all your mess for yeah. once a week, it's like the cleaning company at, at church. Exactly. Like yep. if you guys let two Mondays go by with all the Cheerios that get implanted exactly. at mass on Sunday. <laughs> right. I could have a bowl on, I could have a bowl on the second twos on the second Monday. Yeah. I could have a bowl, bowl of Cheerios and goldfish. And those right, so applesauce pouches. Have you seen those applesauce? That's the newest yes. thing. Applesauce <laughs> pouches. So what you just gave us in the last 45 minutes was yeah. how to maintain the freedom. Yep. The daily maintenance. Yep. Because, yeah, it's so because I do think I'm going to uh, we're going to title this one how to party like a Catholic. Amen. And Amen. so just lens over. It doesn't mean like, let's bring on the hedonism. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Cultivate that true freedom that you've experienced. Seek out the balance in your life. Pray every day. Eucharist every Sunday. When given an opportunity to serve the poor, do so. Have good, healthy uh, relationships at home and, and with the people closest to you. Cultivate some silence and solitude every day. And on occasion, tell yourself no, deny yourself, and you'll be truly free. And you'll thrive and we'll thrive. So that's what we got, brother. What do you think? I've got to be quiet because I don't know. I don't know how any, I don't know how you could drive the nail deeper, any deeper into that, in the coffin. Amen. Right. You it. got it. You got it. Um, well, so, let's see. The, yeah. This bad boy is going to probably drop, uh, drop on. Uh, so let's see. How about an invitation uh, to the women of the parish to our axe retreat, uh, which is um, a month away, I think, right? Uh, a month from um, a month from today. I'm going to uh, pull up my calendar here. I want to invite all the women to the, of the parish to attend the axe retreat Um uh, May 18, 19, 20, and 21, uh, leave, uh, leave the home, um, to your husbands, um, leave the children to your husbands, come on an axe retreat, uh, have an encounter with the Lord, have an encounter with, 
uh, your brothers and sisters in Christ in the parish, come on the Acts Retreat. Uh, more information on our website and bulletin. Uh, what else, Jimmy? Uh, the men's Acts Retreat dates just dropped too. Oh, yeah. Uh, you have those? September, yeah. right? Uh, yes, sir. I put it in my calendar. Give me a second. Yeah, we uh, we want to extend an invitation. Men, put these dates in your calendar. We'd love to have you join us. Go. So it is. Here we go. Uh, September 28th, 29th, and 30th. Uh, coming, returning back on October 1st. Okay, so last weekend of September for the Men's Axe Retreat. Men of Mary, Queen of Peace, put that in your calendar. So your Save excuse that I can't go because I didn't have time to plan. You've just eradicated that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> right, on. right on. All right, well, listen, friends, uh, we hope to see you uh, at the parish picnic. As always, uh, you're all welcome um, at uh, to celebrate the Eucharist with us Sunday, uh, 8 a.m., 10.30 a.m., 5 p.m. Saturday night, 5 p.m. Sacrament of Reconciliation on Saturday or by appointment. Um, uh, the doors are always open. The tent is open at Mary, Queen of Peace. Come and encounter the Lord uh, in our community. Jimmy, you want to do your thing? Uh, yeah, if you uh, found value in this podcast or enjoyed this podcast or know anybody else who would enjoy this podcast, please uh, like it on the iTunes or Spotify store. Please comment and uh, please share it uh, with anybody you think would get value as well. Amen. All right, friends, let's close with the prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, the resurrection of your Son brings freedom to your beloved sons and daughters, freedom from death, freedom from sin, freedom from tyranny. May we always bask in your freedom, but may we protect and cultivate it through daily prayer, Eucharist, care of the poor, living out our vocation, cultivating silence and solitude in our life, and every now and then denying ourselves. May we just grow closer to the bridegroom and stay close to him and close to the people we love. Bless us now and always. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, thank you very much. We will see you next time. Jimmy, thanks. Have a great weekend. And we'll see everybody back here on Opening Up the Tent. Steve, Greg. See you, brother. Thank you.